Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. We are a born free and equal free to walk and free to talk. Don't discriminate, learn to appreciate, so you don't have to imitate. Don't be the one to hate. It's never too late. You got the right to life. Innocent to prove it guilty, you can say what you like. Gotta get the education. Don't throw it away. Know your human rights, 'cause it can help you someday. Welcome to the Born Free and Equal podcast with United for Human Rights, Hubhopper, and Raindrop Media as media director. I'm your host, Fraser Scott, international ambassador of United for Human Rights. Noting the 11 days to the end of the year that isolated us, hoping when the virus is forgotten, we remember once more how much we value being together with friends and family. And today, we appreciate being with our new friend. Author, screenwriter, director, and humanitarian, Tahira Kashap Karana. I'm supposed to do it for myself too. Yay! I'm here. Yeah, please, <laughs> come on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I'd also like to welcome the South Asia ambassador for United for Human Rights, an actress who, including on this podcast, reached over 170 million people with human rights awareness. And was given the Hero Award at the United Nations in New York last year. Sheena Chohan. Thank you. Thank you, Fraser. Sheena Chohan. Welcome, Tyra. I'm so happy to have you on the show because of your drive to communicate on subjects that society considers well not for polite conversation, mm-hmm. but their silence prevents people being informed and making the best decisions. I believe. Right. So you are bearer of light, a diya into the world's dark corners, and we are pleased to share in that light with you today. Oh. So welcome once again. This is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so let's shine some light on your chosen subject of discussion, Article Sixteen of the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights, mm-hmm. which you've chosen: the right to marriage and family, which states. Number one, men and women of full age, without any limitation due to race, nationality, or religion, have the right to marry and to form a family. They are entitled to equal rights as to marriage, during marriage, and at its end. Number two, marriage shall be entered into only with the free and full consent of both spouses. And number three, the family is the natural and fundamental unit of society and is entitled to protection by society and the state. In India, the right to marry is a part of the right to life, which is Article Twenty-One of the Constitution, which says no person shall be deprived of his life or personal liberty except according to the procedure established by law. And the word "life" in that right refers to not only physical living but quality of life. And liberty includes the right to make your own choices. So, under the Indian Constitution, no one can be deprived of the right to the freedom of the choice of marriage mm. or 
forced into marriage that doesn't enhance the quality of their life. Now, this does not mean that they're guaranteed a happy marriage of any sort, but that no one or no group can force something to do with marriage on them, which reduces their quality of life. Thank you, Sheena. So, Tahira, why did you choose this ride? Honestly speaking, I have had a few experiences and living in the time that we are, we are in 2020, yet we see a lot of incidents where people aren't allowed to live the way they want to. People are not allowed to enter an alliance or a communion. Two adults consenting individuals, they are not allowed in the sense, uh, just not legally, but in terms of the societal stigma associated with the alliance. I think it's about time that we give humanity and love and compassion precedence over such rules and regulations. I feel any rule or regulation which takes away a person's happiness, and that's also a right, it's the prime right to be happy. We have, each one of us has the right to be happy. And if something gives me happiness and it's not harming anybody else, then I feel these things should be allowed. And uh, yeah, so considering that we are in 2020, we still have issues to deal with like child marriage or homosexuality or two individuals belonging to a different sect or faith or caste or creed and yet they're not able to live together, marry, get the same marriage rights as anybody else would. I, I feel all these issues need to be addressed They take away the happiness of humanity and anything that takes away the happiness quotient should be addressed, which is why I choose family and marriage. Beautiful. Great. Very beautiful. And so simply and powerfully put. Yes, that's right. All of the right to happiness comes under the right to life. And when we're talking about family, when we're talking about our, our spouses or children, we're talking about the people who are closest to us. And so it's those people who are going to be there for the whole of our lifetimes in many cases. So... It's important that those relationships are healthy. Right, which is what Tahira's book, The Twelve Commandments of Being a Woman, discusses. The negative health effects that we can cause ourselves and how through her life she's been through it and come out of it and fought. And I think it's it's, it's very, very empowering, Tahira, the book. And you talk often in hilarious and just as often, frankly, open mm-hmm. detail about your experiences with puberty and anxiety, the exhilaration of young love, complications of marriage ritual, juggling all the expectations and aspirations of modern life and motherhood. And no wonder you chose this, right? (laughs) Thank you so much. And I'm so glad you read the book. And I guess, yeah, the, the basic premise of the crux is, you know, of course, it's a funny lens. It's a quirky take on on being a woman, but regardless to say we are a part of a patriarchal society and uh, perhaps I'm in a privileged place to make light of the situation and probably uh, joke about it. But there are a lot of people and a lot of women who are suffering because of such idiosyncrasies of the society. And yeah, in a subliminal way, I have tried to broach those topics and I'm glad you could read through them. Well, it was a total pleasure to read it. And as I was going through it, what I found was that there were so many things which were to do with marriage, which were to do with family. And it really, really led you in to your life and to all of these issues. And which the thing is that because you were so frank and and completely open, people can relate to it. And you will probably be the first person. There's probably so many teenagers who are sitting there thinking, oh, I'm not alone. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I guess that was also the intention. I think to normalize our faults uh, or to normalize a few uh, things which are not expected of women. I think that's very important, and I'm just so glad that it resonated with people and with women, and especially women. So yeah, that was one intention, and I feel conversations and dialogues can really help cut through the clutter and and sort of break the clutter and sort of have a conversation. So I'm just so glad that we guys taking from where I had left in the book. Today, you and me are talking, and I really hope this sort of inspires to bring about a change in in our fixed notions that we have about women or about marriage and family. It's the only thing that can communication, conversation is the only thing that can, that can change the world. And our complete purpose is to, through dialogue, be able to create more awareness and enlightenment, or educate and empower, and have conversations with people like you who are passionate voices to bring that positive change. In India, Tahira, we have such a strong emphasis on family, and there's far more laws on this subject than any other human right, actually. So we've got a lot to talk about. So out of all the laws, I want to start with the right to marry a person of one's choice. So the Supreme Court says. that the choice of a partner whether within or outside marriage lies within the exclusive area of control of each individual the absolute right of an individual to choose a life partner is not in the least affected by matters of faith choices are respected because they are ours social approval for intimate personal decisions is not the basis for recognizing them so indeed the constitution protects personal freedom so the supreme court is saying that regardless of religion Caste or anything else, it is completely the individual's choice who they marry. Even if society doesn't approve, the Constitution of India guarantees you your choice. It's like Supreme Court, of course. It's a parent a body for all of us to function, and we should definitely listen to our parents. <laughs> But having said that, I think every class has different sort of people. Has the backbenchers, has the intelligent students. They have the naughty ones. They have the slow learners. I just wish uh, that each one of us, the we we constitute the class. We should have utmost dignity and respect for each other's faiths and learning pattern. But at the same time, encourage each other to open and expand. So, if the Supreme Court is saying that nobody else has the right to have a problem with two people having to marry each other and they are of an appropriate age, then I really feel the families and the backgrounds and everyone should sort of. start expanding themselves and start placing humanity at at the pri- prime level and i think everything should be rooted from there we all need to learn and i think we are in the process of learning i really hope it it gets implemented to one day and uh, conversations like these and dialogues it's a good way to head towards that direction yeah the supreme court puts it there only because people have not accepted it in the past and so that rule has to be put there ultimately it's the people and our actions that constitute the world that we live in and this right is a guideline at the moment the ideal wish would be that sometime in the future we attain such enlightenment that we don't need to follow these rules but at the moment they're there yeah it and- comes instinctively absolutely i think everything boils down to humanity you know fraser i think when you start functioning from that perspective when you are more compassionate about people who are different from you in your own environment everything you know then these laws this these things just come instinctively so yeah till the time it doesn't become our instant response compassion and humanity and love is not our instant reaction 
till the time i think we do need these laws we do need a governing body telling us that um mind your business and mind your language and mind <laughs> mind your actions but i'm hoping that one day we instinctively look out for each other instead of pulling each other down yes yes that's the big hope and and actually interestingly enough the the rights before they were called human rights they were called natural rights because it yeah. was considered the natural way of treating each other absolutely uh, yeah because we're talking about protecting childhood we're protecting the mental health of the future of mankind it's so true fever and tahira is way ahead of us here tahira in your short film toffee you weaved in pretty much every topic to do with this right yeah. Into, yeah into an 18 minute film centered around two girls and it's really special i mean such a beautiful film and you watched it powerful ending. i watched it and it made me cry i mean literally in the end especially it was so powerful yeah you know that that image is still in my head about how she's looking at her and she's looking yeah. at like i wish i could have done something about it it made me feel i wish we could do something about it yeah. cry for help that kind so coming from there to taking a look at the main subject of the film child marriage you know at the end of your film you give the statistic that 47% of girls in india are married before the age of 18 oh my god yeah. so you know, we were like yeah. Yeah. So, so mm. you know, honestly speaking, when I was a kid, and it's a true life incident, you know, it's not. Of course, I am a writer and a filmmaker, so I tend to add a little bit of figment of imagination as well. But the impetus was a, a real incident which happened, and so let me take you through that incident. My maternal grandparents used to live in Punjab. and so our summer vacations used to be there and i'm a single kid and i was all of 10 uh, and all these years i had been going there and you know the incessant power cuts in india and there was no internet there was no tabloid that was the age of just exploring nature as it were and i would used to head out and that's where i met another 10 year old girl and her name was ritu now she belonged to a very economically and financially weak segment of society her father was working at a chappal or a slipper making factory and he used to get a daily wage but that didn't deter us from living life of 10 year and 11 year olds we used to have fun and as is depicted in the movie that's exactly what we used to do we used to save up on one buck and two bucks and then we used to buy ourselves ice cream we used oh. to play hopscotch we used to do stupid things we used to put colgate or the, the toothpaste on our faces to beat pimples and all the stupidities that you can imagine a 10 year old level would do we used to do that and i found a beautiful friend in her and that friendship was actually it was irrespective of the kind of job status that she had or her parents had which goes on to show how beautiful the world of children is you know it's they don't judge for me all that mattered was my play time with her and she used to wrap toffees to earn her money and help the family income and so because i wanted her to play with me i used to go to her small house which was just like a one room and i used to start wrapping toffees along with her and i took joy in it because for me it was an errand that i had to finish so that i could steal her away from her home and her from from her chores and we could live the life that we wanted to and then one summer i did not go and the next summer that i went i found out that my friend ritu has been married off i was oh. all of yeah i was all of 12 oh. or 13 and so she was of the same age i was still hoping to live my summer life with her like always but i lost my friend to marriage and at that time it was like oh she's married oh too bad but when i grew up i i acknowledged the ramifications of what would have happened to the child mm. she ended up having a child of her own despite being a child herself 
so you know she could she did not get to live the life that i did that any other girl did and i felt terrible and this was my ode to our friendship and to something that i could not do at that point of time at least i could do something and since i belong to an art and creative field the only thing that can i can feel it's in my power is to write stories is to tell stories is to make stories so that this word spreads across the image of a little girl holding a child it should make your heart bleed you know and so we want this to stop and yeah the statistics are uh, crazy and they are mind boggling you know one in every third child bride in the world one of them is indian so yeah so according to 2019 report by unicef india has around 23 million child brides and this is last year's report i thought things would have improved ever since i was perhaps it was my early 2000s when i experienced this with ritu and now we are in 2020 but the sad news is that because of covid there's a un report which said in april it predicted that there could be an additional 13 million child brides across the world for the next decade So you know these things are scary it is scary and covid-19 has only pushed our cause backwards but again human spirit and its resilience is the potential that we all have is infinite and so i really hope that talking about these statistics is just not throwing numbers like that but they are they are actually human beings there are girls who are going through all of that so these numbers are not just numbers they are people and uh, yeah we need to really act on it your power as a filmmaker is actually the greatest power there is because what a film does is it takes these statistics which is in some way it's meaningless because it's so big that you can't look at it but what you do as a filmmaker is you put it into one life one story and when you look at that you cry and your heart breaks and there's nothing more powerful than film in terms of changing the world i agree and i'm just so glad that i'm getting to do that i'm getting to write stories and make films and it's beautiful Hmm, I yeah. our goal uh, is to make human rights education mandatory in schools then we are going to put a petition across to the prime minister to make human rights education mandatory coming to india being a secular country still it's interesting that the marriage laws for the main uh, religions differ like for the hindus the and most of the other religions the prohibition of a child marriage act prevents marriages between children below the age of 18 for a girl and 21 for a boy and a male over 18 who marries a girl below 18 can be jailed for 2 years and fined a lakh now any person who helps a child marriage happen is subject to the same punishment just coming to the muslims no children are allowed to get married as long as they have attained puberty around the age of 15 well this goes against the prohibition of child marriage act and courts are in disagreement about it and to add a little more to the rights of a child per the constitution children have the right to an identity health education to a family life protection from violence to an opinion protection from armed conflict and to be protected from exploitation Yeah. Thank you Sheena. Such very important information. So to hear why is it important people are aware of and stand up for this right. It's very important to live a life of dignity, a life of happiness and like and happiness is not just exclusive to one segment of society as soon as we are born. I think that's a fundamental right to live life with dignity and respect and happiness and to lead a value adding creating life. 
I think it's very important to for all of us to add value. But we'll only be able to add value if we know what is right and wrong for us, for what we stand, what is my basic right. So I I feel each one of us are born with the mission to add value to our lives and to the lives of other people. But we'll only be able to do that once we know our sense of being and what is right and wrong for us. So that's it's very very important for each one of us to know these rights and you know surprisingly it's just not people who are deprived of education but it's people like you and me who belong to a sort of a privileged background where we have access to hospitals to education to everything and yet we do not know about these rights you know and uh, podcasts as such talking forums as such talking to you Sheena and Fraser has really really educated me as well so it's very important to continue these conversations so that you know the information trickles down what you said tahira you don't know what your rights are then how do you stop it from being violated you know so it starts with that awareness like yeah. you rightly said and you, you know you said during your chemotherapy that your relationship with your children changed and you became able to have meaningful conversations with them including about buddhist principles of compassion and wisdom and courage now i think if we truly want to be compassionate towards children particularly in this case girls we need to have wisdom and courage to enforce the constitution and laws and quickly i just want to take a look at the dowry prevention act which states that if any person gives or aids a dowry he shall be punishable with imprisonment for no less than 5 years and mm-hmm. a fine no less than 15000 rupees or the amount of the dowry whichever is more and if any person demands a dowry shall be punishable with imprisonment for no less than 6 months or up to 2 years and a fine of about 10000 rupees absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean to say i think people should really uh, stop taking it as a form of uh, culture and custom this is a screwed up custom <laughs> sorry i'm using the word but it truly is it boils my blood when girls are uh, expected to take a certain sort of dowry or or money or i don't know they i have heard of people taking beds and utensils and all of that which is obnoxious you know it's it's terrible but it's so deep rooted in indian society and our culture it is so deep rooted that it cuts through all segments of society so it's not just the less educated ones it's amongst every class of society you take a middle class you take a high class or low class any segment of society it just is there it's expected of the girl and the girl's family and very recently i i just about a week back i lost my grandmother and so oh, uh, sorry. yeah no so she lived a good life and my she has three daughters and one son so the three of course she lived with her son and as much as my mother wanted to bring her to her she was like no uh, i don't want to be a burden to you because that was just put in her head i don't know why generations and generations and generations of conditioning that women are a burden so mom tried to really talk her out but she wouldn't budge and so in jalandhar only in punjab only she passed away and so my mom went there for the ceremonies and everything and she was not allowed to do most of the ceremonies and she was taken aback and they said no if you do the ceremony then the entire load 
some i don't know what load will come on to the departed soul because it's a girl who's doing that so the only the son is allowed to do that you know this is the conditioning and belief system of educated class i just uh, it, it why i'm speaking so passionately about it is just happened 5 to 7 days back and my mother mm-hmm. was crying and she was like i really wish i could touch my mother and do all the things that my brother was doing and i was deprived of it and but you that, that's what it is i mean to say when you have disparity between men and women and it leads to bad consequences yeah this is just one small incident mm. but it just mm. keeps getting multiplied and multiplied and multiplied so he, from here the root comes you know where girls are there are burden and so then it just keeps getting multiplied girls are a burden and i'm now just just linking it up with covid time so now what happened in covid times recently is there have been reports and incidents where girls have been married very quickly child marriage again but because a they considered to be a burden because they feel that they cannot you know they don't have the right to education they they will not earn they will not be a earning member they have to get married and b let's get them married during these times because there is less expenditure and so what has happened is there has been more more of a crime against girls because they're locked up with a perpetrator in the house so it is it is very very sad the situation yeah. and uh, yeah it does it does hurt me it does hurt me at the at a very fundamental level of being a woman and having to live in a society where such things okay they're not okay right and it's a fundamental right the right to life which this comes under is a fundamental right and a fundamental right means that it crosses all boundaries all barriers nothing can stop it's the highest law in the land and it's illegal in india to marry a girl under 18 and like sheena read it's a jail term of 2 years and the reason why even though there's this law this still exists is you see the law has improved and improved and improved so the law as it stands now is the best law it's ever been however the problems with it is that the only person who can report mm-hmm. a child marriage is the girl herself or her guardian or a particularly special friend and what happens is that the girl will absolutely not report it because the amount of trouble she would get in if she reported her parents and obviously the parents are not going to report it because they're involved in it and it's highly unlikely she'll have that special friend and the person who is responsible legally responsible over this area he or she is not punished or is not pushed or forced into doing this and that's why you still have 47% even though it's completely illegal yeah i i absolutely agree yeah no it it really comes from there and also i feel that times the girl herself doesn't know whether that is right or wrong and i now again i'm going to link to the one thing that i have been talking about ever since we started talking is when our degree of tolerance and compassion increases we will set out we will be fighting for each other as well so correct you're right that it's unlikely that the parents are going to go reporting on themselves it's unlikely that the girl who is a minor will have the means to actually go and report uh, she'll be too scared to begin with and and unlikely to have a best friend but what happens is 
we are all observers we all live in a society all this is not happening in isolation it's happening right in front of our eyes so we need to be more receptive we need to be more compassionate to think beyond our bubble of existence and living we need to see what is happening around us and if there's something wrong then if we have the power and the privilege then we must go and report and take matters into our own hands again it's boils down to and roots from compassion the day we start being compassionate the day we start seeking for other people's happiness that's the day we will be standing up for their rights along with our own and you know honestly speaking none of us live in isolation so if you're not going to be looking at other people's happiness we ourselves are not going to end up being happy you know it's almost like yes. a house having four family members they're unhappy and you're the only happy person do you think you're going to be happy for a very long time the unhappiness will trickle down to you and so even if we think that we are happy it's all going to trickle down to us as well we might as well start looking and seeking for other people's happiness Very yes well completely Very completely well i know also i read that when you discussed homosexuality with your son he surprised you with his calm acceptance of the matter what a pity yeah. your son doesn't sit on the supreme court but yeah all <laughs> time i think <laughs> <laughs> but you know just the same sex marriages and civil partnerships are still not legally recognized in india when petitioners in delhi and kerala high courts have been arguing that by limiting legal recognition to heterosexual couples our law disregards lgbtq persons and fundamental rights there is a strong case to be made for such an argument since the supreme court has already recognized lgbtq community yeah. there's a progress of course and persons fundamental rights to equality and dignity at least being recognized now so it does look like lgbtq people will have marriage rights recognized and probably before your son has time to take his place on the supreme court bench <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really hope before he turns 18 or we, we have passed the law <laughs> i think yeah. it's been 2 years since it's been decriminalized but now it's about time that we make uh it legal in india it is only fair for two people who are in love to stay together and get the protection of all the marriage rights that otherwise heterosexual couples would get be it the economic rights be it adoption rights be it be it domestic violence reporting of sexual abuse all of this uh gets into the purview if it's legalized so i i stand for these rights yeah i and i'm stand for humanity like i said it's about two people uh, whoever they are whatever they are they want to stay together and they should be protected just like you said sheena in the beginning family is supposed to be a unit protected by the society and they should be recognized yeah. as such so they definitely have the right to have their own families it's about time we give legal status to lgbtq plus people if they want to marry because that's the only way you protect citizens unless and until it's anything is legalized how do you protect what do they report the thing is starting off with the dialogue which is so good that people who are expressing their opinions perhaps people don't know where things are going wrong the level of compassion stops short of somewhere and so when other people start talking voicing their opinion and voices i think that leads to a general consensus and i guess it will force people uh, in power to recognize to acknowledge that yeah these people also make the world and their happiness is equally important Yes, it's totally totally true. Basically, human rights apply to everyone and they are there for everyone and people have the right to dignity. They they have that right whoever they are. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. And also like you brought up domestic violence, you know, the Supreme Court said that the right to dignity includes the right against being subjected to humiliating sexual acts, which is defined as sexual abuse or to being insulted, which is defined as emotional abuse. Now, the Supreme Court in the Domestic Violence Act defines domestic violence as number one, physical, mental, verbal, emotional, sexual and economic abuse. And number two, harassment for dowry. And the last, number three, acts of threatening abuse to the victim or any other person related to her. So sexual abuse of the wife by the husband is recognized by the Domestic Violence Act as a violation against the wife, which is notable. Although India is one of just 36 countries that still does not recognize marital rape as a crime. Yes, I completely agree. I think it's about time we recognize what marital rape is. In fact, domestic violence and marital rape has increased. But if you're not going to recognize what marital rape is, how are you ever going to deal with it? So, yeah. I, there's something that we are lacking and I feel that we are we should be heading towards the direction. And you started to talk about awareness and I was going to ask you, but you kind of answered it already partly. But is there anything else that can be done to realistically make the right to marriage and family a fact? Honestly speaking, in my capability and ability of an individual, I think each one of us are so unique. And like I said in the beginning, each one of us has the capability and ability to contribute to add value. Even though we are going through some sort of a challenging situation ourselves, we still have that potential to add value. So, and all of us are different and all of us are unique. You're doing a wonderful job, Sheena and Fraser, doing this and continuing this at at your own level with your own competence. When it comes to me, I can do it by storytelling or perhaps making films, which is what I'm doing. And I feel even all of us recognize that we all have some innate capability and potential to sort of voice our opinion in, in the way which is most unique to us, we should not let loose of that opportunity. Something which is common for all of us to begin with is having a conversation, having a dialogue, expressing yourself freely. And uh, yeah, once you express, you can evoke empathy. So yeah, that's the only way I know, (laughs) unless there are any more other ways which you can probably educate me on. (laughs) Well, it does ultimately come down to education and awareness. That's true. And then there's legislation, obviously. And there's really, it's human rights are carried out by individuals. And what we're talking about is we're talking about changing the mindset of the world. You yes. know? Yeah, uh, right now we're so, talking about changing the mindset of the Indian. Okay, India, <laughs> India, fine, but I'm um, fine. So we're talking about changing mindset. And, and I, I think mean, one, thing, one, one thing I want to bring up what Tahira said here is that it starts with whatever we can do in our area of circumference, like yeah. she as a uh, you know storyteller. We as, you know, what we believe in as, I mean, you're a writer, Fraser, I'm an actor in that domain, plus as also people who believe in this as, you know, wanting to spread this message as ambassadors or whatever, like through the podcast, through the campaign. But in every field in our domain, we can do something. And I loved your point, Tahira, about the compassion. It starts with there. And then in just looking at what can we do and start with dialogue, if nothing else, you know, but but I just... Sorry, Fraser, you were saying something. Yeah. Yes, that's totally true. It's it's us. It's every single person has to at all times follow all human rights. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Absolutely. Actually, keep talking till the time people are educated and feel very instinctively about these rights. The idea is to feel instinctively about these rights. It should not be forced. You should not be. And for that, I think a mindset change is needed. And yeah, yeah conversations do lead to that. Yeah, and this point uh, brings me to two of the sadder points that we have to quickly look at, which is what 
rights do we have when marriage fails? So, Tyra, coming back again to your book, 12 Commandments of a Woman, you, you talk about how at a point in your life you were in a state of mind where because you were not being kind to yourself and allowing your own dreams in your professional life to unfold, you were experiencing a lot of anxiety and confusion, which contributed to stress on your marriage. And then luckily after you realized that you needed to make sure that you were kind to yourself, that you put yourself at the center of your own universe, then your marriage fixed and became stronger than ever. That was beautiful. Thanks. But honestly speaking, it was just not marriage. And it was every aspect of my existence, of my functioning, which was impacted because I was the root cause of unhappiness for myself. And if any person is unhappy for themselves, how can they generate love and happiness for other people around? And so it was just not my relationship with my husband. It was the relationship with my mother, with myself with predominantly myself or very honestly speaking I was not kind and I had a huge disconnect but this is when the understanding which is which is where my philosophy and of course we all have our philosophies to rely on I guess any philosophy which sort of empowers you and tells you that you are the active person the most uh, important person in the drama of your own life you know you are the main actor and you're the one who's going to bring about a change in your own life any philosophy that empowers you to do that gives you hope for yourself I think one should really rely on that for me I follow Nichiren's Buddhism and that's what really transformed me wherein the power to change my circumstances were bestowed onto me itself whereas Earlier on, I just used to think I'm just a passive participant in my life and I'm just a standby. I'm just looking at my life, just go passing by. And a lot of us do feel about it at some point of time or the other. We just feel that life is just zipping past and whereas we can't do or contribute to anything. And so this, this philosophy really helped me transform. And I started really working towards my own happiness. And I've always said that there are two kinds of people, one who know how to be happy and the other people who work towards their happiness. Sadly, I was in the latter part. and But I also feel most of us are in this category. We have to work towards our happiness. So when I started doing that, and like Sheena said, that yes, when I started placing myself as the center of my universe, which is not to say that I became a narcissist, but I started, <laughs> <laughs> I started being more appreciative towards whatever I was and whoever I was. Life became more beautiful. I had more love for myself. And because of that, that love was spilling out. And I was I wanted to share that love and happiness with other people around. I was compassionate towards myself, which is why I started being compassionate to people around me. So it all begins with yourself. And like you said, Fraser, it's a very individual thing. You've got to know about your rights at a very individual level. Once you start exerting those rights, people in your environment will also notice, will take cognizance of the fact that this person is happy and she's doing something right. It's working for her. And yeah, even I have the right to do the same. I think becoming examples of what we say and what we preach is the biggest way we can motivate other people. 100%. But it's great that this practice fixed so many things. And like you said, if there is somebody who hates other people, that you can bet they hate themselves. And when somebody loves other people, then they love themselves too. That's just natural. Yeah, and also taking responsibility, just 
realizing recognizing yourself as the cause of your own life but mm. just coming back to when you were talking about what happens when marriages have failed then what are rights with that then the hindu marriage act gives hindu women and women from most religions the legal right to file a divorce without the consent of the husband now the divorce can be filed on grounds of adultery cruelty desertion conversion to another religion entering a religious order presumption of death mental disorder schizophrenia or any other sexually transmitted disease now for muslims the dissolution of marriages act is a law which can be found online and is quite similar but again just looking at our rights when a not ideal situation occurs coming and just touching on the abortion issue which is abortion by a registered medical practitioner is legal in india for any reason if the length of the pregnancy isn't over 12 weeks and then if the pregnancy is between 12 to 20 weeks it is legal only if two registered medical practitioners agree number 1 the pregnancy would cause risk to the life or serious physical or mental injury to the pregnant woman and this includes pregnancy by rape or any fail contraception and number 2 there is a serious risk that the child would suffer from a serious physical or mental handicap so the law also states that no pregnancy of a woman under 18 years or of unsound mind shall be terminated except with the consent in writing of her guardian thank you sheena tough decisions in both of those cases but good to know what the rights are so to hear do you have any stories of your own about the importance of the right to marriage and family no i think i've shared many too <laughs> way too many stories but yeah there was something that i experienced when i got married and i had one of my very close friends and her parents were not agreeing to her marriage even though it was the same fate but just because the boy belonged to a different class and i was really really surprised that we are talking about uh 21st century we are talking about we are going to the same college and both her set of parents were working which goes on to say it was a progressive household because the woman is working and contributing to the finances as well but despite all of that she could not get married for another 3 to 4 years i mean to say the fight she was standing up and they found no fault in the boy except that he belonged to a different class so i was it's it's shocking it's surprising but when it happens within your own lives um, happening in premises it just shocks you so i'm just so glad she knew her right she knew that there is nothing wrong in what she is asking and she stood for herself and today she is happily married and in fact she is a lawyer so <laughs> yeah and she is in delhi so yeah so i am so proud of her i am so proud of her and it's not that she started fighting with her parents or she left her house no she did it in a very amicable way i think just the fact that she was standing up for herself and reasoning it out because these things when it becomes a part of your culture or your heritage so as to say these things can't be fought, fought out by violence or by just anger all this needs to be dealt with compassion and patience and i'm so glad she executed that in that way and yeah today she is happily married but it, like i said it's very important to know about your rights i'm so glad she did and because of that i was also educated on that aspect as well so very powerful yeah. story yeah. yeah well it's so important because imagine if that hadn't happened and she hadn't been able to marry yeah. who she loved she would have yeah, spent would have so oh scared. she would have resented her parents and she would have been unhappy and you, the thing is that it's your marriage that that connection you have to 
deeply love that person because you build your family based on that love and your family is this stable foundation for your life. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you have to spend your life or the next few years or whatever you've determined for yourself with the same person, living under the same roof, sharing your life with someone is not easy. And if it's someone of not your choice, then it becomes very, very difficult. You'll, in fact, if you just end up with somebody else's choice, you'll be probably blaming your environment or your parents for the rest of your life. And it's really not conducive for your own good health and happiness. All these things exactly. lead to anxieties. All these things lead to depression. And a few of them lead to suicide. So it's fatal. I mean, you've got to recognize taking away, stripping somebody of their happiness. It's not a cool thing. <laughs> exactly. Tahira, in your beautiful short story, Soulmates, in your book, Sold Out, you... Hey, you're sold out too? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, Shina, I love you already. <laughs> I cringe when anybody goes and reads out my uh, read all your books. I, I cringe, but I am just so happy that you read Sold Out as well. It's, it was, yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, absolutely. We, we loved it. And your lead character experiences how important the family is because of her lack of it. She had an arranged marriage and then after carrying out her duties to her children selflessly, they then moved abroad. So then she was alone in her old age and only finding the true meaning of family with the teenage daughter of her next door neighbor. So then you realize family is not only about having a blood relation, but about closeness in terms of body and mind. It's about unconditional love and support. So I think very beautifully you put your viewpoint across. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now just with that in mind, I just want to take a quick uh, look at adoption where any adult of sound mind can adopt provided their spouse agrees. They may not adopt a child if they already have a child of the same sex and the child adopted must be at least 21 years older than the adopting parent of the opposite sex to it. Now, only the father or mother of a child may give a child up for adoption with their spouse agreement or if their spouse has stopped to be Hindu, renounced the world or is not of a sound mind. Also, there was a big leap forward for women in terms of family inheritance this year, Tahira, mm -hmm. where the Supreme Court regarding Hindus and most of the other religions ruled, and I quote, that the daughter shall share equally yeah. with other inheritance of a of an undivided joint family property, whether her father is alive or not, and then daughters must be given equal rights as yeah. sons. So there's an iconic move here, and I'm glad this is what progression means, and this is what parity and equality means. And we all know that's what is going to make us happy. So I'm glad. I just hope this law cuts across all faiths as well, and women are treated with respect and dignity in every society, in every faith, in every culture, in every religion. And I wish they get equal rights everywhere and not just Hindus. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, totally. Ultimately, what does need to happen is that all law in the country does need to come under one same law for both religions. And now we've just tested your endurance. Now we're going to test your speed. We're going to do a fun <laughs> rapid fire round. Are you ready? Oh gosh, I hope it's not too scary. <laughs> no, it's just super fun. Okay, so this is all instinctive, whatever comes to your mind. So first question, Tahira, what image first comes to your mind when you think of the right to marriage and family? My parents. Great, no, I love good. it. <laughs> Who's your human right hero and why? Mahatma Gandhi. He was the first one who stood up for our rights and for dignity and for the color, the discrimination. He stood up for way too many things. So yeah, him. 
Beautiful. What animal best represents the right to marriage and family for you? I guess a dog right now. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yes, your cute new dog. Yes. Yes, she's a new dog. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, her name is Peanut. So as of now, it's her. <laughs> Great. What would a marriage vow for the twenty first century be? It's always there that I'm going to be with you in sickness or death. But how about uh, having equal rights as long as we live, and and cherishing our moments and working towards each other's happiness, respecting the ambitions and uh, career moves of each other, and uh, yeah, having equal rights. I think the universe has heard you, and it's going to happen. What does your family give you that you value most? Security, and they don't judge me. Beautiful. Nice. What brings most harmony to a marriage? Compassion. Mm, true love true. it okay end of rapid fire tahira last question from me do you have a message of hope for our listeners in these difficult days absolutely yeah that's what we are meant for we are meant to have resilience we are our potential is in infinite uh, we are capable of doing a whole lot things whole more things we we are meant to dream we are meant to, meant to dream big work towards those dreams work towards those goals make the environment conducive for yourself and for other people to grow and really just be happy just remember we are born to be happy and uh, we need to live by that statement beautiful very powerful and it goes back to that and you found it through nichiren daishinin's buddhism and whatever however one finds it but going back to that basic of yes. the basic search for happiness within because then you said it leads to happiness out now freeza has my favorite question of the day what would the future be like if the right to marriage and family was 100% followed future will be beautiful future will be harmonious you will see half the population which is women smiling wouldn't that be a nice sight <laughs> um, the girls the, the kids the girls growing up to become beautiful individuals with no child bride with them having equal opportunities just like anybody else the planet having more smiling faces it's going to be a beautiful sight So yeah, I really wish all this comes true. Wow, wow. Yes, if we as adults could choose our partners who treat us with dignity and we in turn treated our children with dignity and compassion, the future of the race would be guaranteed, Tahira. And a stable marriage based on liberty of choice, on equal rights that respected all of our rights into a dignified life would bring such stability into the nation that nothing would be, you know, impossible for us with our survival guaranteed into an infinite future. which is the most wonderful thing in the world but what is not so wonderful is that not only do we not have infinite future left on this podcast we've reached its end but let's hope that because of the dialogue we've had together we've helped india take a step forward to that infinite future in which we shall meet again i really hope so too i really really hope so thank you so much to hera thank you sheena i'd like to end by letting you know united for human rights provides free online human rights courses as well as delivers free curriculums to any school or university in the world please go to humanrights.com and start a course today and let any school or university you know to order their free curriculum it's been so inspiring to hear to hear your stories but now we want to hear yours please record a maximum 90 second video with stories of your point of view struggles and successes to do with the right to marriage and family and we'll upload them on our YouTube channel and send us your the right to marriage and family artworks drawings poems paintings etc we're running a contest to show our favorite chosen stories and artworks on the screen at the united nations in new york next year 
email your videos and art to Fraser at the rate humanrights.com. That's F R A S E R at the rate humanrights.com. Lastly, if you want to help spread awareness of basic rights and equality, get in touch. We need all the help we can get. Thank you again to Hira Kashyap Karana for your inspiring words. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fraser and Sheena. This was lovely. Take care, you guys. Thank you for your Thank time. Thank you. We'll see you guys. Bye. 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 Human rights define the word equality. If we don't respect and love each other, we're just living a lie. Because united starts with you and I. You feel me? ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट